Wonder how that woman came up with her cool idea and turned it into a business? Listen in to find out how. Welcome to Women Inspired. I'm your host, Linda Ugolo, and on this show, I interview artists, healers, changemakers, and entrepreneurs about what fires them up and how they put their dreams into action. And for those of you who are in the leadership role or you are becoming a thought leader and you want to get published, you're in luck today because today I have on a special guest, um, Jen Grace, <laughs> who is the, the founder of Publish Your Purpose. Correct. Yes. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. And I, I was stumbling, stumbling in advance thinking of Publish Your Purpose Press, press <laughs> which you, we were talking about it being a tongue twister. Yeah, absolutely. And is, I was yeah. thinking, don't go there, don't go there. And then I went there. <laughs> I love it. You know, it's all about being real and honest, right? Yes, Here absolutely. <laughs> so thanks for coming up. Tell me about your, your um, press that you have. Sure. So we focus on speakers, thought leaders, business owners, people who are looking to amplify their message and their voice. And so we have a strong focus on underserved populations in a lot of ways. And even what I mean by that could just be merely focusing on women. Mm. You know, in a lot of ways, if we look at the publishing industry, there's still um, a heavy male dominance in it. So we're really focused on bringing diversity and adversity and different kind of stories to the world. But with a very intentional and strategic focus on how is that also increasing speaking engagements, consulting gigs, or just overall business for the authors that we're serving. That's fantastic because I would think that a lot of people who are publishing may already be doing some speaking mm -hmm. and they are seeing it as a, a vehicle to get better known, to maybe get paid higher prices, mm -hmm. and um, to serve their audiences more. That it's, it's kind of like a, two pieces of the same. It, um, yeah, it absolutely is. It's in servitude in so many ways mm -hmm. because a lot of times, you know, as you know, fellow small business owners, we're both small business owners, we want to find ways that we can amplify our message but maybe not necessarily amplifying the amount of time to get that message out there. Mm -hmm. And then in a lot of instances, especially for people who are coaches or consultants, your, your time is money and not everyone can afford that time. So putting your thought leadership and your content into a book is one of the most effective ways because it also helps you kind of define what you're saying in a more succinct way, but it also gives access to people who may not otherwise have had access to you. That is so well said. And I, I know exactly what you're saying because I'm writing a book right now and I'm doing a lot of speaking and I find that they feed each other really well because uh -huh. I can test out the material in my speaking see what really sticks and then I can go back to the book and make some tweaks or if I'm I get stuck in a place and I think hmm I wonder I wonder what's inside this then I can I can get help yeah. really yeah and it's from, amazing from a, a brainstorming standpoint because you might be in the middle of chapter three and thinking I really want to test out this material or I want to try this and then you bring that to the next stage that you're on and you either get like oh my god this was life-changing and amazing or you get like the complete glossed over stares from people and then you're like okay now I know should I actually include this or should I not yeah so it's like real-time feedback which is so valuable for yeah. a good end quality result yeah I love that you combine those two things let's speak about the the book publishing part mm -hmm. so let's say someone is writing a book and they are looking for a publisher. What is it that publishers are looking for? Like how does uh, an author, a would-be author, 
appeal to a publisher? Mm, such a good question. There's a, a lot of varying answers to it, so I'll try to be succinct. So if an author is looking to go with a traditional publisher, they're looking for numbers. They're looking for a really large platform, and they're looking to ensure that if they're going to take a chance on you, that you're going to be able to sell books. So that's what a traditional publisher is looking for. And of course, you have to fit into the types of book that's, books that they publish and all of the kind of minutia around that. Um, but with, and it's a similar process with hybrid publishers or independent publishers, where you might be paying for services and paying for them to strategically guide you through the process. They're not necessarily looking for numbers because ultimately it's a more of a partnership. So it's a collaboration where we're helping you get your story and your message out there. Whether you have five followers or five million followers isn't going to be what I would gauge should we work with you or not. We're, at least with PYP, we're working on or looking to work with people who have a bigger message to share, who are looking to inspire people in one way or another and looking to grow their businesses. And sometimes that's through having a large social media following, sometimes that's not. So it kind of depends on what path you're thinking about choosing. Ultimately, with traditional publishing, when you have a big enough platform, a lot of times that's when you don't actually need the help of the traditional publisher in a lot of ways. So it, there's a lot of kind of considerations to take into account to decide, you know, what path makes the most sense. Yeah. And would you, do you take anybody or what are you looking for in, in Publisher Purpose? What is Publisher Purpose looking for in terms of of authors or would-be authors? We're looking for people who are focused on their purpose and sharing their purpose and sharing their life's work and their mission and passion with other people. And that takes shape in so many different ways. So we have people who are writing about corporate, you know, workplace equality. We have people who are writing about racism and discrimination or mental health awareness. So, you know, things like that. But if you were to say, oh, I know this person who wants to write a how-to for your taxes, that's not gonna be, that's not gonna be something that would make sense for us because we're not a, a how-to type of publisher. We're more of nonfiction and memoir where we're really focused on how do we tell the author's story to help them share their message more broadly because ultimately storytelling is where, where everything happens, even in speaking, right? So when you go on stage, you don't just rotely dictate a whole bunch of facts to people. You're really talking and sharing and very empathetic about what you're, or passionate about what you're talking about. So for us, it's really working with people who are just inspiring and are inspiring others at the same time. And you know, their passion and purpose might look differently than what mine is, but ultimately if it's for the greater good, it's someone that we, we would consider working mm -hmm. with. Do you ever find that some people who come to you aren't really um, aware of what it takes or that they're misled or they have the wrong idea of what it means to write a book? Yes, yes. I spend a lot of, a lot of time in any, of, any, any given day having conversations like that. And I'm a very much, um, I say it like it is, what you see is what you get type of person. So when I'm talking to someone, I want to help them land the plane to say, okay, is it realistic that now's the time that you're working on this? Because in a lot of instances, it's not the right time for them. If they're trying to juggle a bunch of other things or start a new business or they just have a new child, like there's a lot of variables that have to go into consideration of, am I going to put my time, energy, and resources 
into writing this book right now because it you're working on one so you can speak from firsthand experience um, they're they're not always easy you know it, it can be it can be challenging and I've written five myself I'm actively working on my sixth right now and even after that many it still doesn't get any easier it's still the same same type of stuff that we end up encountering over and over again Wow. <laughs> what would you what would you advise somebody who wants to write a book to you know consider before they start on the process I would look to what your end goal is first. So just you know, find a quiet space, meditate on it, whatever your practice might be, and just think five years from now. If I write this book, what does my life look like five years from now? Or if I don't write it, what does my life look like five years from now? Are there differences? Are there similarities? Am I able to get higher paid speaking engagements faster, which gives me more money to do something else with? Like really thinking, you know, that's a very, um, you know, like a, just a very blah, bland way of looking at it, of like the financial side, but also kind of the emotional and impact side of, is that story burning inside of you where you just have to get it out whether you want to or not? We have a lot of authors that are, it's kind of like they're kicking and screaming their way through the whole process because it's just so burning in them that they have to get that story and have to get that message out there that they're gonna do it whether they actually want to or not. And then others are like, you know what, this, this now is not the right time. And you know, I'm always honest with people. It's like, if it's not the right time, that's fine. Like just wait until it is, because when it comes back, it will come back with a passion and fury that you will have to do something about it at that point in time. Just don't force it. So you've written five books, mm -hmm. you're writing your six. Does it get easier? It doesn't, no. Um, <laughs> I wish I could say it does, and it's actually interesting if you listen to, you know, like the James Pattersons of the world who've written dozens and dozens of books, they say the same thing oftentimes. And it doesn't get easier, it just gets different. I guess similar with parenting, right? So it never gets um, easier, just it's a different challenge. And I think from the logistical aspect of things, that does get easier because you know what to expect. You know how bad the editing process may potentially be. You know what goes on during a cover design process. But when you're kind of first time out of the gate, these are all just completely foreign and unknowns. And I think that can be really overwhelming for first time authors. And I would imagine that's one of the things that's really helpful about going with a press like yours is that you demystify it and you kind of handhold and you may even take over some aspects of the process so someone doesn't have to figure out everything on their own. Yeah, yeah, if you think about just kind of outsourcing anything in your business, it's a very similar kind of idea of, do you really want to be the expert in how to publish a book? Not usually, I don't think anyone we've served to date says that they wanted to actively said, that, oh yeah, I wanna be an expert in this. They just want someone who knows what they're doing, it's gonna have a good quality result, be the ones that takes care of everything and just kind of move on from there. <laughs> I'm curious, like you said that a lot of speakers come to you. Are there people who come publishing a book and then they're reluctant to go speak? Hmm. Like, do you find, or is everybody kind of like happy to get out on stage? It's a good question. Our authors are all, they're already out there selling the book before it's even finished. Okay. So that's, that's the crowd that we serve really well. And I, a lot of that comes from my own personal experience, having mm -hmm. written my own books and having used them in those very specific and strategic marketing ways of, mm -hmm. You know, speaking for free and then getting a bunch of business as a result and, and stuff like that. So I would say there are plenty of speakers or plenty of authors that write books and they never want, they don't want to go on a book tour. They don't want to go sign books. They don't want, like, that's not what they're interested in, but that's them, right? So that's their, that's what their purpose is, is to get their, their message out there. But maybe being in front of a camera or on stage is not for them. 
and that's that's totally fine. At least those that we serve are the exact opposite, where they will take a chance to get in front of a camera at any point in time for any reason, and will happily you know happily take advantage of that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's so interesting. I was surprised. I recently attended an event on how to give a book reading. And I expected them to the people going to be how you describe your mm -hmm. your clients, but everybody there was terrified, mm -hmm. and maybe it's because they're novelists as opposed yeah. to business owners creating their um, their thought leadership mm -hmm. and already have that developed. It's a very different marketing strategy mm -hmm. between fiction and nonfiction. Mm -hmm. So if you're writing a novel. You know, I don't, that's not my strength. I know, I don't read fiction. I know nothing about how to market fiction. But if you just kind of look at it, you know, if you're more of a writer, you're more maybe introverted on the quieter side, and you're just pouring your heart and soul into this novel that you've written, you want people to enjoy it. You want them to experience it. But you may not want to be sitting in front of them, like, like you know, petrified reading from your book itself, because I've, I've witnessed that myself, too. Whereas if you're nonfiction, you're out there already talking about what you do, you're passionate about what you do, or if you come to the conclusion that you need to write a book to further your thought leadership, you're already kind of on at least that trajectory mm -hmm. of being on stages already. Mm -hmm. And what about your personal experience speaking? Because you and I met at the National Speakers mm -hmm. Association down in Florida yes. last year. Mm -hmm. This year? This year. This year. <laughs> Time flies. What has it been for you? When did you begin to speak? And just describe your journey a little bit. Yeah, I started speaking, I would say in 2006, more actively in 2007, 2008, 2009, where I was kind of forced onto the stage because of my job at the time or the, the roles that I was filling for others. And then I wrote my first book because I just kept getting asked the same questions over and over again. I'm like, you know what, I'm just gonna put this together in a book. That way it's like, just here, here's the information. And that's really kind of what kicked into high gear for speaking. So once I had the book, I just started getting inquiries very frequently saying, hey, you know, would you be willing to speak to, you know, this small group of 12 people, or sometimes it's a group of 500 people. It was really kind of all over the map. And that has just, I've been very specific and strategic of how to grow that since, I would say, I guess the late, you know, 2008, 2009. So it's been about a decade. And now I'm really strategic about what speaking I do, what speaking I'll do more of a pro bono, if you will, because it might be an audience that I'm really inspired by, but for whatever reason, that audience might not have the resources or funds to hire me. Um, but you know, the more the more you're out there and the more books that you're publishing, the higher your fees can get, and it, they can get really high. There's some really amazing, as you know from being an NSA together, there's some speakers out there making a very lot of money because they're out there and just refining their skills over and over again. And you know, going back to the book idea, you have to refine your skills in a very different way when you are forced to figure out how to consolidate everything you know into 50,000 words or less. Mm -hmm. Yes. <laughs> so what are your books about? My books in particular are on LGBTQ inclusion within the workplace. So that is my previous, I shouldn't say previous, it's still my area of expertise, but that's really kind of what led me into starting this publishing company is that I had written four of them, four of them by myself on the LGBTQ specifically. I have a fifth one that's more of a mental health workbook. And just everyone I know was like, well, how did you do it? How did you know who to hire? How did you know what cover? You know, just all of the basic questions a new, a new first time author might have. 
And then I was like, well, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to grab a group of you, and I'm going to put us all together, and I'm going to show you what I did. And at the end of it, if, if you aren't getting what you came for, then I will happily refund your money. And that was in 2016. And then I did that one. And then they came back. Another group of people came. And then it only took a couple of times when people were like, I know that you're teaching me how, but can I just pay you to do it instead? And overnight, I ended up with a publishing company. Wow. <laughs> That's mm -hmm. amazing. So you've had it since 2016? Yeah. Yep. So it's only a couple of years old, but I was working with authors well before that, including being an author myself. So it was just, it was a matter of kind of formalizing what that looks like, how are we going to serve, what's going to make us different, and those types of questions. So how did starting your publishing company um, shift from doing it yourself? I mean, like, were there surprises? when you are helping other people to do it versus doing it yourself? Oh, that's a really good question. I don't know that there are surprises as much as the peaks and valleys are higher and lower than you would think. So I think for ourselves, like, you, go, you know, going into any new project, so, you know, we're actively writing a book. Okay, so I know that I get overwhelmed easily. So when I get to those places where I feel myself getting overwhelmed, I can, I can control that. But when you're working with other people, you don't necessarily know when they're going to have that moment that might feel like a crisis to them or when they're going to have that moment of like immense just kind of gratitude and excitement. So the roller coaster is much faster and a little bit scarier, I think, than if you're kind of on it by yourself because you know yourself. Mm-hmm. But in terms of the, so kind of like the, the emotional shape mm -hmm. of the journey is different depending on the, the client that you're working mm -hmm. with. What about the actual technical parts of running the publishing company? Where, was it a steep learning curve? No, it really, it's once you know the fundamentals, it's just a matter of making sure that you have the right people in the right place at the right time to execute on those fundamentals. So in terms of, let's say, the different types of editors mm -hmm. or book designer, and mm -hmm. do you do marketing also for? Yeah, we, we focus on strategy. So we're not gonna set up your social media tweets for you or your post, but we will help you figure out what is the strategy, the overarching strategy, marketing and business, that's going to help your book get into the hands of the readers. Because without a strategy then you could especially with books. Like the second, I'm sure this has already happened to you. You tell people that you're actively working on a book and all sorts of services are coming out of nowhere and people saying, oh, you should try this or did you hear about this service or you should do that? And you have no idea if that's helpful or not for you. But when you have a strategy at least, you can kind of align it to say, all right, this person's recommending I do all of this video, but my strategy is not video-based. So it's an easy no, rather than having to kind of take every one of those things that comes across your desk into consideration, which is very time-consuming. And overwhelming. Very. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. So yeah, the answer is yes, I have had that experience. <laughs> and, and it is interesting. I think I've learned to um, quickly ascertain whether or not something is right in the moment or not. Mm -hmm. And I'm not always right. <laughs> at least, you, at least you have that as a resource to come back to when when it might be the right time. Yeah. So, what is the book that you're writing now? I'm working on my memoir. Oh. Yes, which will be out next fall. Yes. And is there a particular section of your life that you are 
Um, Are you ready to talk about it publicly, or is it still kind fully. of under the hood? It's a little under the hood, but I will mm -hmm. tell you the title is called House on Fire. Ooh, and I it's like both that. literal and figurative. Wow. So yes, it's uh, it'll be a good one. And I think once those you know whoever may want to read it, whether it's people that already work with us or people who may want to work with us, I think it'll give a lot of framework to why PYP serves and why I serve the way I do. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes. Well, I don't I have a description written yet. I'm actually headed to Florida in a few weeks to kind of wrap up a lot of the, the loose ends to it. So. And when's your expected publication date? September 24th of 2020. Oh, wow. Is what I have declared. Don't even know what day of the week it is yet, but I have declared that to a room full of people, and now I'm doing it to whoever's watching this. Oh, well, great. So you got to get a hold me to it. Great. Okay, <laughs> I will do that. I am also looking at a fall publication oh, date, nice. but I haven't picked it out yet. I actually... I had picked out a spring date, April 23rd originally. I'm not going to make that. And I had gone to an astrologer to help me pick a date. And oh, I like yeah. that. I figured, you know, if there's a good date. But I went back to the same astrologer, and she said, there's no good date for you in the fall. So whatever you pick is what you pick. Interesting. Yeah. Well, that's a fun fact. I'd pick a Tuesday or a Wednesday. That, okay. Those are usually the be best dates for book launches. Mm -hmm. And just avoid any other major things coming out. We had, um, We just launched a book where it came out the same day as Margaret Atwood's new book, which is really not great timing. But how do you know those kinds of things? Sometimes you do, sometimes you don't. So it's just a matter of Googling and researching and seeing you know, who, like what's the chatter going on of things. It's more relevant when it's something that's like directly in your space. Mm -hmm. So if you have two books that are really closely coming out at the same time, may not be the best thing, but sometimes it's actually a good thing because then you can kind of play off of the buzz that's going on mm. for that other book, which is what we ended up having to do because it was like, oh shoot, we are in this situation, let's make the best of it. And so how did you utilize that? Just kind of, there's a lot of different, especially social media strategies of kind of tapping into that conversation using hashtags and things like that, or even just being like, listen, my book is, happens to be coming out the same day this person's is, I had no idea, and just really being kind of real in the moment mm -hmm. because I think if we try to be too polished or try to pretend like that something is what it's not mm -hmm. then readers are like oh I don't I'm getting a weird vibe from this whereas if you have an author who's like listen this is life things like this happen just kind of goes with the flow it's much more successful that's a great tip mm -hmm. you know it's the the idea of using what is happening in the world, whether it's in your space or in some other way, and find, finding a way to, I mean, because we are in connection with everyone else and with what's going on, and we can place ourselves in relationship to that. Yeah, if you think about, you know, what's what's a relevant theme in, in the book that you're writing? Mm -hmm. There's awareness days for everything at this point. Mm. There are months dedicated to certain things. So if it's adoption or mental health or LGBTQ or Black History Month, there's all of these things that if you fall into anything like that, you can use that entire month mm -hmm. and all of the activity and conversation that's going on in that month to further your personal agenda, which is to get your message out there as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's great. Well, one thing I love to do is ask my guests to pick a card, and these are just have single words on it, usually single words, and to uh, without looking, yeah, without oh, it's looking, like a raffle. and Let's see, it's like win? a raffle, and just riff on what it might mean in, for you well, personally. Number one, I picked something closely colored. Oh to yes, me. Um, acceptance. I love that word. Now I'm curious what what else is in the basket, but so we're gonna riff on acceptance, huh? Yeah. Well, I love, the, I love that word, number one, because so much of what 
I focus on, whether it's in my personal or professional life, is really helping get people get to the bottom of those that raw and real conversation, you know, really getting to kind of the heart of the matter and finding ways to express that, whether it's in writing or whether it's speaking. And I feel like to such a degree, acceptance is at the core of all of that. We have to accept ourselves first and foremost to have the courage and the strength and the confidence to get our story out there. But we have to feel like others are accepting us too, mm. or we're in spaces where others will accept us. And that's a very confronting confronting thought yeah. for a lot of people. Yeah, I like that. Yes, I, I relate to what you say. I Recently, I've been thinking about imposter syndrome because that's one of the things that I help people with. And when we can be fully accepting of where we are in a process and not trying to be more mm -hmm. than in some kind of idealized way that we think we should, then it's, we can enjoy everything we do much more. We can enjoy the, the process of writing a book because we <laughs> accept our journey. We accept mm -hmm. how quickly or slowly we move with it. Mm -hmm. And the same thing with being a speaker. You know, we are on a journey and we're always going to be improving. If we can accept where we are in the process and just say, this is where I am right now and I love that, yeah. then it's so much easier to live with ourselves. It is, and I often say the phrase, trust the process. And I preface it by saying, I know you hate this phrase and I know you've heard it a million times, but I'm just asking you to please trust me when I tell you to trust the process. And it's the acceptance of their, it's their kind of committal that they do commit to trusting this process and that they trust me that makes the process that much smoother when it's like, I'm warning you that this part of the process, it's gonna be, it's gonna be one of the uglier pieces. Like editing is never fun for anyone. Mm. I've not had, a, it's just a bad experience. Um, because it's, it's, you know, someone's coming in and, and telling you your baby is ugly and no one wants that. Mm. And obviously editors are more tactful than how I'm phrasing it. Mm -hmm. But, you know, to just say like, all right, here's where it's gonna be challenging, then we're gonna be good for a while, but it's gonna get challenging again. So just trust me when I tell you that you know that's when it's going to happen and the more that we just kind of like ground into that the easier it is for everyone around mm. you know it's sort of you're bringing up the editing process so i am not at that point with an editor per se yet although i've been working with a developmental editor mm -hmm. but i've been doing some work called gateless writing with a woman named suzanne kingsbury and she brings up the idea that when, you know, you're saying how hard the editing process is, and I think it's whenever we're evaluated or judged, it brings up, it activates our fear. Mm -hmm. And in her, the gateless writing process, there is no evaluation or judgment. It's kind of like highlighting all the things that are great. And I notice how I really respond wonderfully <laughs> when someone says, I love this section, this is fantastic, because I realize it's not just enough, it's not helpful only to get what's not working we have to know what is working mm -hmm. because then we know what to build on you know it's like oh you like this one really um, moves you I see what that is and I get why it does and I can do more of that so I think that yeah. needs to be uh, or I would like at least for myself to have that be more embedded in that process that is exactly how we approach it because of it not being the case for many, many people's experiences where they hand their beloved manuscript to someone and they get it back and it's just slashed to pieces in red and there aren't any of those, hey, this is awesome. So we try, at least my editorial team tries to 
couch the negative with something positive first mm -hmm. because like you said you respond so much better even if it's like oh my god this whole section is just so awesome but you need to do and it's a whole list of other things mm -hmm. you're still looking at a, a in like a place of gratitude where it's like wow at least they're getting what i'm saying and mm -hmm. now their feedback is just helping me improve exactly what they're saying not this sucks you need to do something about it which no one would respond to no it's not helpful. It's not, no. And, I, and somehow on an energetic level, I don't think it's helpful for the reader either. Because I, I, I feel like the more that writers can bring their best energy to their writing, that, that has to kind of like radiate through the words. I think it does. And I think you can tell from a reader's standpoint. It might not be on a conscious level, but I think there's... I know I can from a reader standpoint when I'm reading or listening to something like you can feel when the author wasn't kind of fully in it or fully committed to whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times one of the things that I tell everyone and this might be helpful for you too is when you're writing and you're actively working on this when you have those low spots because they will happen. It's just a matter of what it's going to be and at what time. Mm -hmm. Talk about it in your book. You know, write in the beginning, put it in the preface, put it in the introduction to say, "Listen, I might be writing about this and I I am an expert in this and I'm confident in this. However, that doesn't make me immune." to all of the other things that went into putting this book. So it humanizes you in a much better way mm -hmm. that then when the reader picks that up, they're like, wow, like I really get Linda. Like mm -hmm. I really, I, I like this person and they want to continue reading it versus you coming out of the gate as if you just know everything and are perfect. Right. People don't really respond well to that. Right. Yeah, I, when I started my book, I, I had a lot of enthusiasm. And then after, I don't know, a few months when it came down to actually, like, the, I loved the, like, the um, outlining and mm -hmm. dreaming of what was going to be in it. Yeah. And then when it came to the actual writing part, it, I, I kind of deflated. And it just stayed on my computer for a long time because I felt like I was in a place of struggle. Mm -hmm. And I thought, here I am writing about how to release the struggle <laughs> of, being, of being seen and heard. Mm -hmm. and. It would feel out of integrity for me yeah. to be writing from that place of, of struggle. And I felt like I really needed to figure out how to, how to love the writing process. Mm. Just, I took it on as my own yeah. ch personal challenge. Yeah, yeah, and I think that you have the self-awareness to know that's what was happening. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people don't have that self-awareness. They just get to that place where something doesn't feel right or something isn't sitting with them and mm -hmm. they kind of abandon the project until they're re-inspired you know, months, sometimes years later. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, I love talking with you about Likewise. this. How can people find out about Publish Your Purpose? So it's a tongue twister, but if you go to publishyourpurposepress.com, all of our information is there. And then we also have, it's called our Getting Started for Authors Blueprint. It's a PDF guide that's just filled with tips and ideas of how to make the process easier. So if you text the word publish to 345345, it just automatically will get sent to you. And that's the best starting place, because so often I talk to people that I can't serve, so we created this really robust guide that you know kind of helps people regardless of where they are in their journey. That's awesome. Thanks so much for making that available. You bet. <laughs> so I hope you enjoyed this episode of Women Inspired, and if you are one of those people who have not yet gotten onto the speaking circuit or you are doing it and managing your fear and wish that it wasn't there, Please know that help is around. You can download my guided visualization for speaking confidence, and you can pick that up at lindayugalo.com forward slash speaking confidence. And I hope you join us on the next episode of Women Inspired. Whoa.
Thank you for listening to Women Inspired. The show is recorded live in the studios of Bedford TV in Massachusetts. Music courtesy of Sheik Gamin. If you like this episode, please leave a review or comment. You can subscribe to the podcast in iTunes or watch all the TV episodes of Women Inspired with the show notes and links at www.lindayugalo.com forward slash TV.